Hello everybody and welcome to the Nerd Scoop. Today I'm going to be talking about one of the largest controversial issues in the world, immigration, but more specifically the effects of immigration on Minnesota's economy. So hello to my fellow Minnesotans. I'm going to be dividing my information into four subcategories. First, my main overall question, how does immigration impact Minnesota's economy? Second, what are the impacts of DACA, which if you don't know what that is, we'll be getting into it a little later. Third, what jobs are most immigrants occupying? And lastly, what are the push and pull factors of immigration? This is going to be a very detailed podcast because I need an A, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, so as I said, we'd be starting off with my first question, how does immigration impact Minnesota's economy? Well, many people argue that immigrants are taking jobs from native-born Americans and undocumented immigrants are driving the wages lower, but recent studies have shown that in many cases this may not be true. So let's get into the research. So first of all, With less immigrants working on a certain job, there is not a rise in Americans working on that job. And this completely contradicts the statement that says immigrants are taking jobs from Americans because in reality, Americans are not picking those jobs as their first choice. They usually want to occupy white-collar jobs, which are jobs where you work in an office, accountant, and etc., while immigrants are occupying blue-collar jobs, which is working in manufacturing, janitors garbage truck drivers, and stuff like that. So when immigrants take jobs, studies have shown that it actually makes three to four more jobs for Americans. The reason for this being the better the production contributed by the immigrants, the more the company will prosper, therefore creating a higher need of workers to meet demands. And this creates more jobs in that certain field. And this is where Americans actually come into play, not beforehand. The reason for all of this is because immigrants are willing to relocate for work while Americans are more focused on education and this is true. Immigrants are working to create a steady life in America whether or not that includes a certain degree from college. They just want to create a steady income in order to support their family both in America and even in their home countries. While Americans, of course, they do not have to worry about that certain topic, so they mostly focus on education. When the uneducated native-born Americans are competing with immigrants, it can usually lower the wages. And by uneducated, I mean people who have dropped out of high school, people who have not completed or gotten a degree from college, that is what I'm referring to as uneducated, and this is when the statement that immigrants are lowering the wages actually becomes true because when a company finds two people, an immigrant and an educated American, they usually lower the wages in order to see who is most, um, how do you say it, desperate, yeah, to who is more desperate. And usually the immigrants take the jobs even if the wage is lowered. Immigrants can drive down wages from 9% to 4% to 3% and all the way down to 0.7%, but studies have shown that the impact of immigrants on the wages of Americans in the long run is very small, so nothing much to really worry about, but immigrants are still impacting the wages. 
So moving on to statistics, immigrants cost more than Americans on average. The government spends about $5,000 per year on immigrants, including their kids. And this equation looks even worse when you include undocumented immigrants, the majority who don't pay taxes. Immigrant-led households paid $2.2 billion in federal taxes and about $1.1 billion in state and local taxes. Some undocumented immigrants also pay taxes. This is a very small amount, but studies show that they paid an estimate of about $83.2 million in state taxes in the state of Minnesota, which could rise to around $102 million if they were able to receive citizenship, which is a very hard thing to do nowadays because it's taking even decades for an undocumented immigrant to receive residency in America. So they have to fix that system first. Many Minnesotan immigrants are business owners too, and they have generated over $490 million in business income, which helps fuel the economy. Immigrants are also making quote-unquote dead cities alive again by producing businesses and just occupying the neighborhoods around there. So in the end, people fail to realize that immigration rates have been on a steady decline for years and that there are actually more immigrants leaving the United States than there are coming. I know this fact for me was a bit of a shocker because when I see the news and I read articles, I believe that there is a large influx of immigrants coming to America, but in reality, that is not true. All in all, immigrants are actually contributing more to the economy than people let on. Moving on to my second category, the next question that I will go into a little more depth about is what are the impacts of DACA? If you don't already know what DACA is, which stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, it is an American immigration policy created under former President Barack Obama, which protects eligible immigrant youth from deportation after they are brought to the United States as children. The main things DACA provides undocumented youth with is protection from deportation and a work permit that allows them to work in the States. Studies have shown that tens of thousands of parents living in Central America are now sending their undocumented children to America in hopes DACA would provide them with citizenship, therefore helping the parents get into America as well. If somebody has a relative who is a legal citizen or even resident of the United States, it will then help their pathway to citizenship become easier and quicker. Nobody knows for sure the exact amount of DACA recipients in America overall, but reports have shown that the best set of numbers to estimate around is anywhere from 650,000 to 3 million people. In Minnesota, there are approximately 7,000 DACA recipients, but there were around 8,000 immigrants who applied for it. In addition, 3,000 residents of the state satisfied all but the educational requirements of DACA, and another 2,000 would only be eligible when they are older. The participants in the program were allowed to work, pay taxes, and enroll in college, but were not offered an opportunity for citizenship or federal welfare programs such as social security or federal financial aid for school, which is what most Americans were nervous about by letting DACA continue. They didn't, they didn't want DACA recipients to be able to take advantage of the benefits only citizens would get. The facts that I will state represent the economic benefits of DACA. One, they create businesses. Two, they are increasing wages, which leads to an increase in tax revenues, therefore economically benefiting the local, state, and federal levels. Three, they add revenue to the states as consumers. Now, the disadvantages 
are one, they will increase resource consumption, which could put a strain on what is accessible to those in need. Two, it could encourage illegal border movements, which is what I was stating earlier about how the Central American parents were sending their undocumented children to America. And three, it could decrease job opportunities for Americans because it leads to competition between the native-born Americans and DACA recipients. Overall, although there are pros and cons to DACA, they are greatly contributing to the economy positively. On to my third topic with the question being, what jobs are most immigrants occupying? Now, I've already briefly mentioned some facts earlier that tie into this, such as most immigrants occupying blue-collar jobs, while native-born Americans are occupying white-collar jobs due to their greater accessibility to a higher level of education. Statistics show that most immigrants, both undocumented and documented, occupy jobs in the manufacturing industry with 14% undocumented immigrants as well as 22% documented immigrants. The reason that most immigrants occupy the manufacturing industry is because it does not necessarily need or require a higher level of education such as other jobs. Most of the work that goes on within the industry can easily be taught to them. Um, the different types of manufacturing that they usually go into are the textile manufacturing, apparel manufacturing, and leather manufacturing. The second greatest industry that most immigrants are occupying is agriculture. Agriculture typically has the lowest wages, but the amount of labor that goes into it is very, very high. They usually focus on growing crops such as corn, maize, and fruits. Those are very important within the agricultural industry, such as the Dole Company where they grow bananas and other fruits. And again, this industry does not require a certain level of education or degree, which is why it is very popular among immigrants. Many immigrants also work in food services. They create restaurants or even become food vendors, such as California, which has a large amount of food vendors on the street, um, usually located in the downtown area where most immigrants are settled. Some are also involved with construction, accommodation, computer and electronic products, and etc. Many immigrants have also contributed to technolo technological breakouts. Although there are some immigrants who are in high-level professions in their home country, such as doctors, scientists, and etc., once they immigrate to the United States, some end up in the low level of work, like janitors, due to not being able to adjust to American ways and life. Overall, most immigrants occupy the manufacturing and agricultural industries, those which do not require a certain level of education most of the time, but a lot of immigrants also start businesses, create innovations, become surgeons, doctors, and etc. All while this is happening, like I mentioned earlier, they can impact the wages of those certain jobs. Finally, we've come to the last category of this podcast. What are the push and pull factors of immigration? I'm going to be dividing the factors into three different groups, social, political, and economic. You can also look into the environmental aspect of the push and pull factors, such as a lack of natural resources, but I'm not going to be getting into that as much as the other aspects. So first off, social factors. Many immigrants come to America in hopes to find social equality, places such as Syria, Afghanistan, and etc. are places where women face most oppression, they are exposed to rape, 
murder, violence, especially from within intimate relationships and even families and etc. All because they view, they view women inferior to men. They want social acceptance. And an example of this is gay rights. Places in Eastern Europe and Russia aren't as open and accepting as America in terms of gay opportunities and rights. They want social opportunities. They want social programs such as Medicaid and Medicare, which are offered in America in order to create stable lives for Americans and more. The economic factors, immigrants want more access to public education, better jobs, higher wages, and in places such as Mexico, the wages are typically on the lower side, which makes it harder for immigrants to find places to settle down and live in that are typically on the safer side. They want to avoid violence, crime, gangs, and all that stuff. They want to avoid poverty in places such as Uganda and Haiti is where poverty is most centered in and more. Now the political factors Immigrants want political liberty, they want greater religious freedom. Um, Myanmar, China, Iran, and other places are where religious freedom is very restricted. They also don't want voting restrictions, such as Saudi Arabia, where there is a great restriction on women voting, even though it is illegal for them to vote. They want better established human rights, Cuba, Saudi Arabia, Syria are places where people suffer most severe systematic abuses of human rights on the planet. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was my podcast on immigration. If you couldn't tell my stance throughout the podcast, I am for immigration. I believe that they are contributing a lot to the society, economy, and America in general. I believe that America was built on immigration, so there shouldn't be many restrictions on it. This podcast was directed towards the senators of Minnesota, such as Amy Klobuchar, I know that they haven't really talked down on immigration and are typically for immigration, but I just wanted to give them a better insight on the factors of immigration and how it not only impacts America, but more specifically, Minnesota. So I just want everyone to keep in mind that although immigration has its downfalls, it mostly contributes benefits to America in general. So thank you for listening to The Nerd Scoop, and until you hear me again.